This is episode 251. Have I outgrown my relationship with Sarah? Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they wanna accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you to all of you who have been sharing episodes on social media and leaving ratings and reviews. I really appreciate it. If you get value out of this show, it means so much to me when you share it on social media and when you head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And also when you subscribe, just helps the show grow, helps more people learn about the show and just builds our community. As a reminder, every Wednesday, I put out a numbered episode, like this one was number 250, which is a unscripted, unedited, and unproduced coaching session with someone. And every Saturday, I put out something called Coach's Corner, where either I interview someone, have a conversation with someone, or just talk to myself. Last week's, we had the Aaliyah Lovely on, and it was an incredible conversation. If you didn't catch that, go back and check it out. I'm also going to be on her podcast soon, talking about conscious relationships and soulmates. So I'll be sure to let you know when you can check that out. Today, I am talking to Sarah, who has done a lot of personal growth work and is wondering whether she has outgrown her relationship. This is a question that comes up a lot. Be sure to listen to the breakdown after the call because I explain why I coached her the way that I did. Also, I would love to open up maybe a few sessions on the podcast for some couples coaching. So if you are in a relationship and you would like to come on the air with your partner, and get some couples coaching, go to christinehassler.com slash couples. And we'll put that link in the show notes. And that's where you can submit your name, your email and your partner's name and email and be considered for a coaching session on the podcast. And before we dive in, just an announcement, we are enrolling and continuing to move forward with our live event, Love Amplified in September. So go to christinehaster.com slash retreats to learn more about that. And we are doing another inner child workshop, a virtual inner child workshop. We got so many just incredible, amazing reviews from the Inner Child Workshop. We were actually blown away. I mean, we knew it would be good, but we were blown away by how powerful it was for people. So we are doing another one at the end of August. Just go to christinehasser.com slash inner child. It's all virtual. It will be available to you for 30 days after you enroll. So if you can't make it live, then you can absolutely attend the recordings. The live is really pretty cool, even if you can just come in and out for a little bits of it. But we had most of the people... I'd say 80% of the people join us live the whole time. And it was just so, so sweet and so transformative, especially during this time when so much is going on in the world and all our inner child's child's children (laughs) are being triggered. Again, that's christinehaster.com slash inner child. All right. As you're listening to my coaching call with Sarah, consider, are you still dealing with the pain of a chaotic or traumatic childhood? Have you been doing a lot of personal growth work and now you're concerned that you may have outgrown your partner? Do you feel your relationship has an expiration date? Do you really, really want your partner to change and you're doing everything you can to get him or her to change? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. How can I help? 
Well, as of late, I've been working through a lot of past trauma and and childhood wounds, and I've been making lots of progress and breakthroughs and really connecting with that inner child of mine and that inner sense of self, which I realize I've been disconnected from for so long. That's wonderful that you're making that connection. Thank you. But one of the things that really isn't shifting for me right now is that I have a relationship with my husband that's been 16 years long, and I'm changing in all these ways, and our relationship is really staying in this dynamic that feels like it doesn't serve me any longer. Mm -hmm. And What's the dynamic? The dynamic is he's very rigid, and when you know, he's challenged. He can be really aggressive about change and right and wrong. And for me, I'm open to change and I'm open to doing new things. But, you know, I really want to be doing my own things. And, and often I'm looking for more intimacy. Um, what do you mean intimacy? Just connection, mm-hmm. being seen, being heard, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of small love, love bits, Mm -hmm. but he's a really practical person. And for him, that's not his love language. So he doesn't, he doesn't want that, but I really do want that. But he's like, that's the fluff. And so I struggle. What is his love language? His love language is, I think, being cared for, like just knowing that, you know, that I'm there or we're there. Um, and that people are on his team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what attracted you to him in the beginning? So in the beginning, definitely safety. Um, as a kid, I didn't have any safety. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I had, I definitely had some safety. There was a duality mm-hmm. in my childhood, mm-hmm. but internally I really looked for safety and, he really could provide that. And, uh, we had, you know, a dream of having kids and having house and having this long life together, which is a really safe space. And, and it's really what I needed at the time for sure. Um, how did he provide safety for you? Was it that he just didn't yell? What was uh, it that was safe for you? It was safe because it was stable. You know, we always had food. We always, you know, had money to pay the bills. We had work. So there wasn't the inconsistency. Yeah, there wasn't Mm -hmm. inconsistency. There wasn't, yeah, we had control over our own life. Mm -hmm. And that's another big thread is that we designed our life and and we had control over it because I didn't have that as a kid either. Okay. There was... Yeah. And what was his childhood like? He was given a lot of responsibility, really young. He's the eldest of three. And he has always been enabled to achieve and get the things he's looking for and to succeed in that way. Mm-hmm. And so when I met him, he had really clear and defined dreams. And I kind of, without, because I hadn't 
fallen into that space where I had defined my own dreams. I just latched onto those and said, that sounds like a great plan. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. And I'm going to help you get there. Mm -hmm. Um, In my life, I've joked that I make a great vice president because I'll make the president look really good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if our vice presidents do that very well. (laughs) Not not like, not, um, not on the global sense. Yeah, I mean that in yeah. like smaller sense. I hear you. And did he have a very loving home or was uh, it very head, mental, security, safety, logic? He was definitely loved, but their whole family is very logic based. Mm-hmm. So not everything, very. Mm-hmm. Everything is calculated. Like, I mean, there's definitely love but very logic-based, very, uh, very cool. And up until you started really working on yourself and doing all this inner child wounding, how were you in the marriage? Um, were you happy? Was, were you content? Yeah, there was struggles. I mean, we've always been pushing to do really big goals. So, you know, we had kids young. We started a business that took a lot of pull we've done some pretty big trips that definitely took were, you know, once in a lifetime kind of things. And they all took a lot of energy. And so I think I know that when stress and anger came up for me, I, I would get really angry. And when I would feel hurt, I would feel really angry. And so I know that the birth of my children were really big triggers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I expected their birth to be really, really big triggers, but they were. Mm-hmm. And so very early on, we got into a dynamic where I would feel hurt and angry and overwhelmed. And, and I'd just be angry and he would feel I was wrong. So he'd be telling me how wrong I was or logicing like so much logic and so I would just endure it. He'd mm-hmm. endure it. I'd endure it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, he, he didn't know how to be loving and I hadn't recognized yet how much my anger was based on my hurt. And I didn't know how, how to ask for any of that help. Yeah. And Sarah, when you talk to him now about these things, what do you say and what's his response? If, I'm talking solely about my past experiences then and then I can sometimes have a conversation where I feel like he gets it like your trauma as a child those past experiences yes mm-hmm. yeah and you know I've tried to do a little bit of connecting of the dots but when it comes to you know day-to-day situations if something comes up And I try to break that loop or try to be like, whoa, I think we're, you know, I think we're in a loop here. He still gets really in that pattern to the point where the pattern of wanting to be right. Yeah. Of wanting Mm -hmm. to be right. Or like, for example, the other day I'd been feeling kind of down. I'd been, I'd realized that I felt like I lacked a lot of just small intimacy in my life and that I was craving it and I was feeling down about it because I was trying to think of how to solve it and I couldn't find the answer. So I was just like, you know, in my head a lot. And he goes, hey, you know, what's up? 
And I was trying to find the words. And so I, you know, wasn't being super clear because I was trying to find the words. And within a couple sentences, his defenses went up that he needed to defend himself because something that was happening around him was being a trigger for me. And there was already like, nope, logic, 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 logic. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you know, I'm backing out of this one. Mm-hmm. And then a day later, he said, oh, you know, is something wrong? And I said, well, yesterday, you know, I tried to talk to you about what was happening for me. But, you know, I, I feel worried that every time I talk about what's going on for me, that you're going to get upset and say how wrong I am, whatever. I don't do that. You know, there was this time that you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so this is the exact pattern. Mm-hmm. And eventually I didn't know what else to do. I just, I just turned my back. Mm-hmm. I just turned my back because, and I didn't say anything. And I just, mm-hmm. it's like, I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, sweetheart. As a kid, did you ever feel like you were gaslit? Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like yeah. that in your marriage? Sometimes. Yeah. So I'm going to say something and I just want you to see what happens in your body, like what your first response is to what I say. So close your eyes. Okay. And just see what your first response is. Okay. So this relationship sounds like it's done and I think you should leave. What's your first response? So much sadness. Okay, great. Then there's still hope. (laughs) it's a good thing Sarah because the first thing you felt was actually sadness not relief so there's still hope so you're in what I would say is kind of an issue based relationship what really attracted you to him was your own unresolved issues you're the person now the person you are now probably wouldn't pick him can you see that yeah Okay. You also, I would guess, have a bit of an anxious, ambivalent attachment style. So inconsistency is familiar to you, not knowing where you stand, sometimes getting love, sometimes not. I don't know if he has avoided. It doesn't sound like he was neglected a lot, but he might have anxious too, because it might've been inconsistent for a child as well. So he might have kind of that ambivalent attachment, but I think he also has what's called the rigid pattern which is when we, as a kid, our own inner resources weren't reinforced. So probably on four or five, his parents probably got very involved in his life. Very, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Instead of really allowing him to explore himself and find his own version of right and wrong, he was sort of told what was right and wrong and told what he needed to be. And so that creates this very rigid personality pattern, which isn't who he is, but it's just a personality pattern of he finds safety in right and wrong, black and white. And so the, the world of feelings are very scary for him. And I'm not sure I'd have to dig a little deeper to find out what you pattern you have, but I think it's a bit of the enduring pattern where Um, you just um, take it, take it, take it. I think I'm mostly enduring and I've been reading the five personality Mm -hmm. types and I definitely also have merging Merging, and aggressive. Yeah. But it's like, I do enduring and merging, but then when I feel really stressed, I'll go, I'll try aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit of merging too, because it's trying to get the other person to do something. 
Right. Yeah. So let's talk about what to do here. Do you think your husband is willing? He has said that he's willing at times, but then I don't see the action. So I think, and I, I actually asked him the other day, I said, you know, can I ask you a question? And so, yeah. And I said, you know, are you, are you avoiding checking out that book that I bought for us? And he said, no. And I said, okay, because, you know, I was, I was just wondering. And I said, you know, it really is really important to me that, that you do. Like, it's really important to me that you try. And he was kind of like, okay, but I haven't seen any movement. But so sometimes I think, yes, but I think there's a fear there Mm -hmm. that, that he also is having a hard time getting past. Yeah. Well, when we have that rigid personality pattern, we really fear loss of control. So we'd much rather stay miserable in our comfort zone than, than shift. And there is a fear of feelings too. So here's, there's good news and bad news. Mm-hmm. Give you the bad news first. Okay. The person who is doing more work and has more consciousness in a relationship has more responsibility, has to lead it more. That's the bad news. Okay. The good news is that if you actually take that on, it's a quite empowering place to be. And when I say lead it, I don't mean trying to get him to read a book or trying to get him into couples therapy, which is going to be one of my recommendations. I do think that a therapist or someone that can work with you couples coaching would be very helpful. But really, Sarah, your wounding is still playing really big into this because you're again in the position where you want someone else to come and save you someone else to make you feel better, someone else to touch those places deep, deep inside where little Sarah felt abandoned and unsafe and unloved and misunderstood and neglected and scared shitless. And you just so, so, so want her, someone to get her. And you want that from your husband. Well, I think there's a bit of guilt in me because through all the work that I've been doing, I've been doing some inner child work and doing some two chair exercises and talking to my inner girl, like you kind of talk Mm -hmm. on the podcast and working with therapists and whatnot. And there's a bit of guilt because I feel like I, I feel like I've learned that I can be that person and that I can be strong enough. And I think that I could be happy on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, but that, but I also, I also feel so sad by that idea because I love so like I we, we helped build this life. Hold on, and I love so it. So you you have a little bit of an emotional addiction to going into hopeless, helpless. Okay. So I'm just going to keep pulling you out of it okay. because it's not going to help you. So really what, from my point of view, here's the thing. When I got divorced and I didn't have kids, so it was a bit easier. I wanted to know that I gave it my all before I walked away. And I don't think you've completely given it your all. Otherwise you and I wouldn't be talking. You'd be gone already. So where I think a tremendous healing opportunity is, is for you to get so because this isn't about being strong. 
This is really about being so in compassion and so in love and so in that healthy feminine archetype that eventually he feels safe enough to start to feel. Most of our wounding happens in relationship and most of our wounding can get healed in a relationship. So there is a possibility that you could do deep healing work together, but because you're farther along and right now you're more willing, more of it is going to fall on you if you want to try to make this work. But no person, especially a man, has ever changed because he was dragged. Yeah. They change because they feel safe enough. Men are way, way, way more tender than we imagine. And they have even more walls around their heart in so many ways, especially if he grew up in a family where his whole self-worth was wrapped up in success. Yeah. And so he's scared to death to feel. And that fear he then projects on you as judgment and anger of all the woo-woo stuff you're doing and, you know, why you always upset and whatever. Yeah. And so this, you have this beautiful opportunity to be this incredible parent to yourself, to create so much love and so much compassion. And you take care of little Sarah so that she's not looking for your husband to do it, that you meet her needs and you just love him instead of wanting him to change. You just love him and accept him exactly as he is in this moment. That's the, from my point of view, and my point of view is only my point of view. That's almost the only way to move forward because I don't know that much about him, but when I tap into him, it doesn't sound like he trusts very easily. It would take a while to get the trust of a counselor It would take a while to open him up to a different point of view. However, you're his wife. You're the mother of his children. You have an in with your love, with your compassion, and with not looking to him to make you feel better. So what's coming up for you as I say all this? It all, it all fits. Um, it all, yeah, it all fits. And, and I think that's why I kind of got to the intimacy part of it before is because it, I'm, I'm looking for that thing that's going to draw me back. I'm like, okay, you know, like I, I, yeah. Tell me what you love about him. He's very honorable and he's so determined. I would always give up on my ideas right away. And he's taught me by showing me how to have an idea and how to work it when it seems like an impossible idea, and then how to actually bring it into fruition and into reality. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing, because I, I never learned that. So that's great. Can you have an idea of how you want your marriage to be and bring it into fruition? Like really bring it into your heart. Because what what happens when we're in situations like this, and this is very common when one person starts to do the work, 
and the other person isn't, is we have a fantasy of how we want it to be. And we keep looking to the other person, hoping they'll get it, hoping they'll change, hoping they'll wake up to their stuff. Because as we get more clear about our own wounding, we can see it easily in others because it's like we speak a different language. So it's, it's very common to, to see our partner and to go, oh, there's this, there's this, there's this, if only he would fill in the blank. But what that does is it creates an unconscious unsafety. Because part of the reason he's resisting is because unconsciously, or maybe even consciously, he's probably scared of losing you. You're growing, you're shifting, you may not need him as enough, as much. Yeah. And so, you know, I always come back to love in these kind of situations, unless you're super clear that you're ready to leave right this minute, I really want to support you in giving it your best shot. Yeah. And for someone like him, from the little that I know, he needs to first feel like it's safe for him to not be so in his head. If he feels judged, criticized, analyzed, made wrong, inferior, not going to work. You're not going to get through. But if he feels loved and cared for and you're clear, like just walking up to him and saying, honey or babe, whatever you call him, I really need a hug. May I have a hug? And this is so healing for your little girl. And especially if you have that enduring or merging pattern, the enduring pattern needs to express, needs to express. I'm feeling sad right now. Can I have a hug? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling angry right now. Can you just let me vent? Can you just listen? I don't want to be fixed. Don't want to be told I'm wrong. Will you just listen to me? And Give if they a- try to fix it, is there like a, a good thing you can say to a rigid person if they're, tr- if they're trying to go into the fixing thing? Yes. You make them laugh. You come up with something silly. You say, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. I know it's your okay. habit to fix it. I just need to vent. When you go into fixing it, I'm going to like sing twinkle, twinkle, little star or whatever. Just come up with a pattern okay. interrupt where okay. they don't feel something that will make them laugh or flash them. <laughs> <laughs> That would be my okay. best recommendation if you're in private. Well, in quarantine, maybe it's a little easier, but just flash him yeah, <laughs> or something, yeah. something to interrupt it where he doesn't feel like he's wrong. Because remember, his whole identity comes from being right. Yeah. So what's so healing about this is for you, both the expressing of feelings and then not wanting somebody else to make you feel better, you're healing your own pattern. So right now he's the perfect person for you. Will it be forever? I don't know. It's not the point. We don't need to know right now because right now you don't want to go. Yeah. Right now you want to try. Yeah. So stop trying to change him. Work on little Sarah, work on really feeling your, because here's the other thing. Soul evolution won't let him fix this for you. Soul Mm -hmm. evolution says, Sarah, you've got to learn how to meet these needs before hubby changes. So you're in a contract, soul contract. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that and the more you love and the more that you meet your own needs and express your feelings and get your needs met, the more he's going to open up to that because the contract of him having to resist taking care of you, because that will slow down your soul evolution, will start to complete. Does that make sense what I just said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
So does this give you some clarity, Sarah? Yeah, I think the the interrupt is really because that's one of the things like, you know, I'm, it's hard enough to get clear on what it is that I need yeah. sometimes. And then to try to be like, okay, now I'm going to put myself in this other person's shoes that, you know, <laughs> yeah, feels just as much a mystery. It's like, whereas I think that's, you know, an interrupt is really. Yeah. Just an interrupt. Yeah. Just an interrupt. It takes care of both of you. This yeah. is not about coddling him. This is not about any of these. This is about meeting your needs and expressing them and finding ways to get them met rather than expecting him to change. He's not, yeah. he hasn't opened that door yet, but if you create a safe enough space and he sees you doing it, and you never know. That's, that's yeah. how we inspire other people. Yeah. My favorite quote in the world from Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. I love that quote. Yeah. I would add to it. Don't expect to see change in the world until you are being that change. Yeah. And I just also want to say, I have so much compassion for your past for how you've suffered, for how you've struggled. And I see your strength. And I don't mean strength like, let me repress my feelings. I see your strength and your vulnerability. I see how willing you are. You got this. When that scared little girl comes up, I just want you to just comfort her and say, Sarah, that was then, this is now. We're empowered now. We have choices now. We can do this. Yeah. I want you to give her that reassurance, okay? Yeah. <sighs> I can do that. Yeah. Yes, you can. Thank you, Sarah, for your vulnerability, your openness, your honesty, and your love. You can really tell how much you just love. Love your family and are more and more and more loving yourself, which is awesome. So let's talk about this call. You heard that Sarah is working through so much past trauma and childhood wounds and is connecting with her inner child and her relationship with her husband is not shifting the way she wants. And it's, she's wondering if it's a relationship dynamic that doesn't serve her anymore. You know, he's rigid, he's aggressive, he's all about right and wrong. She's open to change. You, you heard the complaints and the issues there. Now I asked her, just to close her eyes and to see how she responded to a possibility. And I said something like, I think you should leave your husband right now. It's over. What's the first thing you feel? And she said sadness. And what that said to me was two things. One, she's probably not ready to leave. She's still working through things. And two, that wounded child inside of her is still seeking love in this relationship. Now, why those two things are important are for the following reasons. The first, that she's sad because she doesn't know if it's time to leave yet, means there's more to learn. There's more to learn, and she really wants to give it her all before she goes. And the second part of that sadness, coming from that wounded inner child and probably slight bit of codependence and hoping that you know this relationship solves her wounds means that she's still in that dynamic and she's not quite ready to leave. And if she left, it wouldn't necessarily be that different. So what I'm looking for when I ask that question of when I make a statement like, okay, just go, is for someone to say, oh, I feel a sense of relief. You know, I remember that when I was contemplating my divorce, when 
someone would first say, well, like if I go to like an astrologer or a psychic or, or a therapist who I was running all over for the answers <laughs> instead of just listening to myself, lesson learned. But when someone would say, you know, I think it's over, you've fulfilled your contract, I'd first feel a sense of relief. Then I'd feel sadness. Then the mind would come in. But the first feeling I'd feel would be like, oh, and that was truth. That was my intuition saying, it's time to go. And like I said, once the mind would kick in and deal with the reality of, oh my gosh, a divorce, and I, but I love him and he's so amazing, da, 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 then I'd feel the sadness. But for Sarah, that first response was sadness, which means there's still things to work on. Now, am I 100,000% sure she should stay? No, I'm never really sure of what anyone else should do. And please don't let anyone think that they're more sure of what you should do than you do. But what I was feeling guided to coach her through was to see if she could really, really come into that place of love and not expect anyone to change and just see what happens because that's so much her life lesson right now is as a child, she, we didn't even get into it, but I, I knew from the sound of her voice and just a little, she said, there was a lot of chaos, trauma, abuse, and there's this little girl who's just looking for love, looking for love, looking for love. And there's a belief, well, if my husband would change, if he'd do all the work, then he'd love me the way I want to, or the way I want him to. And it never works that way. We can never change anyone through our love. Let me repeat that. We can never change anyone through our love. However, if we break the issue-based dynamic that we're in with someone, then it presents an opportunity for them to break free of their patterns and maybe deal with some of their stuff. So let me just slow that down and really highlight a few things. Remember, our love cannot save somebody, change somebody, heal somebody. That is a self-job. We are all 100% responsible for changing and healing and inspiring ourselves. If we try to get someone to change, we are continuing to involve ourselves in the relational dynamic, which perpetuates the unhealthy patterns and the childhood wounding. So she's still trying to heal her own wounds through her relational dynamic, which means the dynamic will stay in place. Now, if she pulls back from the relational dynamic, focuses only on herself, on her own healing, and just loves and accepts him, doesn't want anything of him, fulfills herself in that way, then she's breaking the relational dynamic and then he has the opportunity to wake up because the relational dynamic is not there. He doesn't have that to grab onto. Now, will he take, seize the opportunity? No. I know lots of people, even people close to me that have had so many opportunities to shift, to wake up, to heal. And we have free will and some people aren't ready and we have to respect that. So that's really what I feel Sarah has this opportunity to do is just focus on herself because if she leaves a relationship right now, she's going to be grieving the relationship. All kinds of stuff is going to come up. It's going to trigger all kinds of childhood stuff. And so from my point of view, and it's just a point of view, staying in it for a little bit. Now I get that he gaslights her. He wasn't always listening, but it didn't sound abusive or extra toxic to me. It sounded like they were in a relational pattern. She sounded very kind of needy, codependent, give up sense of self to be with him. 
He seems that more controlling, rigid, my way or the highway. I'm so scared of love, so I'm going to block off my heart, right? So they're in this dynamic, issue-based, lots of wounding, but it didn't sound abusive to me. It didn't sound like, oh, wow, I need to go. And honestly, Sarah didn't make it sound that way. And when we started talking about these things, there was a part of her that started to hear it and started to really understand that it always, 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 always starts within. So bottom line, she's got to stop looking to him to love her the way she wants to be loved. She's got to stop looking to him to heal her stuff. She's got to love herself so, so much that it creates an opportunity for him to love himself so, so much. So some takeaways for you. If you're in a partnership where you're doing all the growing and you don't think your partner is, instead of thinking you need to leave and sometimes listen, sometimes relationships have expiration dates and sometimes it is time to go. But if you are just feeling that way and you're more in judgment than you are in acceptance of the relationship, if you're in judgment of why isn't my partner changing? If only he or she would change, blah, 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 blah. Then you're still in the issue and you're still pointing the finger at someone else. If you're in the acceptance of, wow, I'm on this personal path growth journey and I've seen time and time again that my partner doesn't want this. In fact, they've said they don't want this. Maybe it's time to go. That's a different thing than trying to change your partner. Because again, when you're trying to change someone, you're still in the relational dynamic. So it's hard to get clarity. Also, if you are thinking about leaving any situation, like give it your best, like give it your all. Now, the caveat to that is any abusive, toxic relationships. You don't give those your best. The best you can do is get out. And finally, talk to that little boy or little girl. We project the unmet needs from our mother and father onto our romantic partners. So yeah, talk to that little one inside. Ask what you didn't you get from mommy? What didn't you get from daddy? What do you really need? I'm here. I will give that to you. The better we are at reparenting our inner child and having that loving, nurturing relationship with our inner child, the better we are in relationship because the relationship becomes an opportunity for us to grow and learn and create something new together versus continuing to bump up on each other's issues from the past. Most wounding happens because of a relationship and in relationship and healing can happen in a relationship. But remember that healing doesn't come from trying to change the other person comes from doing your own work within the context of a relationship. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show for today. Thank you as always as listening. Again, if you want to get on the wait list to be couples coach, go to christinehasslercom slash couples, sending you much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasslercom slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.